New digital technologies are driving a step change in enterprise business transformation. At the Digital Twin Podcast, we explore the intersection of technology and business. What should your digital twin look like? Welcome to the Digital Twin Podcast. Your hosts, Ari and Omar. Back at it. And uh, I have to say, this topic really, uh, it's a unique topic, but it's its one that I don't think gets a lot of serious thought and, and understanding. And, you know, when we came up with this <laughs> or when we thought about this, we really internally said, hey, let's 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 tease this out let's really figure out what this really means right and and when we talk about SaaS models or the way of the future of, of everything as a service how does that affect the overall customer experience right and is it really for the customer right the question is is this model really for the customer or is this for something else is it customer driven or is it technology driven it's yeah. it, it, but this is this is where it gets a little it gets a little interesting. This is where, you know, you try to understand you know the rationale and the the pros and cons of these types of models behaviors because it's not just about a commercial model. It's also about a you know a development model, um, a customer acquisition, how you keep customers using your product without even actually owning it. If you think about it, they don't really own the product whatsoever they don't they don't and data is not in your systems it's in somebody else's systems absolutely right they're licensing it they're licensing licensing this as a service as as we speak rather you know whether it's a term whether it's usage you name it but to your point you know i think we have to talk about why these models started to come up right Mm -hmm. i mean what was in your opinion hari we saw some of these first SaaS models or, or um, software as a service, as, as they call it, as ways of letting people, what, try things out? Was it a try then buy approach? Or was it, you know, hey, we can develop on, on, a, on a platform and, de- you know, have one source code and everybody uses it as a multi-tenancy type application? Or, you know, what are some of the, the key Keep yeah, what drove it, right? Yeah. yeah, what drove the what drove yeah, the I think we can, you know, brainstorm some of those, right? I, I think uh, some of those uh, truly, uh, you know, hold today. Uh, of course, uh, you have the ability to literally turn on and off, just like what you said, utility, right? You have electricity. Uh, if you want it, you can turn it on. If you don't want it, you turn it off. Um, and then you also mentioned scalability, right? If you are you know, building five houses and, you know, you, you don't want to put a transformer out there and, you know, uh, you, guess what? Somebody else has a you know, transformer out there already. You're just turning the tap on. Mm. So, again, efficiently scaling and being able to kind of replicate that on a, on a very, you know, fast basis, I would say. Um, you're also seeing the ability to, to really get upgrades right you don't have an infrastructure you don't have to maintain anything you don't have to spend a lot of money in upgrading things because it's all being done by the vendor right 
So would you say that's a traditionally a big pain in the in the past? People, I believe so, right? I think early so. on, I think it was a big pain, right? I think though though that's a big transition that I see. You know, I think that's what you're getting at, right? It's yeah. back in the day having the right system, the right operating system, the right version of the operating system, with the right type of uh, application to run on it, and have the right resources to be on site to to do it and support it and. When something breaks, somebody has to be flown out to fix it, you know. Um, but all that was suddenly attractive because none of that existed. It's suddenly shifted. Now, one piece that we, we didn't mention is beyond the technology, there is this element of uh, commercial strategy where you have, hey, I, you can shift your cost from CapEx to OpEx. You don't have to pay for this amazing Photoshop application that costs you $700 to buy, but you pay me $20 forever, every month. So or as long as you like it, or as long as you like as it. As long right? as you like it, but you're paying me 400 or 450 every month, or every year, as opposed to maybe 700 for lifetime, right? And so there was a shift in, in that cost structure which also benefited a lot of people. Hey, I don't want to spend too much money, you know, on something that I don't know is going to work. And I, I, I also believe a lot back in the day, right? It wasn't that long ago where people would, companies would hand vendors millions of dollars and say, hey, this is what I want. Go build it for me. This is exactly what I want, the weight one. And this is how my people want to use this product. Go build it. Nobody else has it. I don't care. Go build it. You know, this is what I want, right? But that's gone away to standardization where say, hey, everybody has almost the same stuff, right? Customization is limited to minimal, you know, it exists, but there is less effort on customizing to the nth degree, maybe more. So, yeah. Are we really talking about the effort, the infrastructure, the the heavy lifting that it takes just to get to the point of trying to create value with your digital tools. I mean, mm -hmm. I think you're getting to a point, right? You, you're hitting you're hitting a very interesting point there that that we've been as fast as technology changes, we've decided to say, you know what? Well, we don't want to be in the hardware game because that's that's evolving so fast for us to even think about how to maintain the the hardware infrastructure, the costs, the you name it, right? So why don't we take that piece out of it and just worry about the true value and results of what software or modeling and and what data can bring to us now? Let's get to the meat of it. Not let's yeah. not try to build the house when we want to live in it already, right? Yeah. I mean, it's it's that type of mindset that we need this. In, why do we need to build something that's already built, right? And how can we scale that and, and leverage, you know, most mainly a lot of the power, the horsepower technology that's already available, right? Yeah. How do we leverage that across everybody? Everyone benefits in some way at a at a price point that anybody and anybody can play now right that's true so so and you're right it, it, it's a very interesting shift but you know but it was also given I guess it became so uh, strong because of the technology shift 
right? You now have cheap compute available in the cloud and the bandwidth became cheaper and thereby the, the uh, you know, the ability for a remote you know, worker or person or anybody who's ex- accessing this solution or system could with, you know, not much of a, 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 a lapse could easily access and, and uh, interact with it as if it's, it's on your desktop, right? And, and that give way to this. Otherwise, you know, you wouldn't sit there and, and uh, you know, work on a, on a software that isn't, uh, you know, fast enough or interactive enough. You're not going to do that. So technology has given us the ability to make that shift. And I think with that shift, a lot of the horsepower and, and crunching and, and where all that hard, you know, the hardware rely, you know, is, is basically residing is in big warehouses and infrastructure, big infrastructure mm-hmm. play, right? Yeah. Which allows us not to worry about having that real estate on us to be able to compute that much power to, you know, to be able to access this data, you know, and I think we talked about it a little bit on our last um, set, uh, episode where, you know, you can have something as small as this, mm-hmm. but in the background, yeah, as a service, it's everything that you ever wanted, every picture you ever taken in your life, every video that you ever had, it's there, and it won't ever go away. So are it's we saying this you. is all then rosy and fantastic, and it's the right thing for the customer? I think in the short term, it could be, right? As we start evolving and becoming more, um, you know, unglued to our laptops and our PCs, and pretty soon we're going to be unglued to our phones. I mean, I, I almost see that the mobile will be the new PC or laptop very soon. Right. To what? That's something that, that, you know, is for another episode, but I eventually see that being archaic already, right? right? I mean, the, the way we're moving. And, and with that being said, is, is, is how you access and have this information so readily available for you to do things with, right? Yeah. Interact with the world, interact with decision-making across all different platforms, different information. And I think that provides value to the individual. But at what point, at what point do we say, or do people say, for me to access critical information that I've grown to accustom, like I don't want to have a laptop, I don't want to store this data, but the data is important to me. But now you're saying I have to pay to store this valuable data that I like yep. for the rest of my life to use or to access. How does that change the way I think about you know, these types of models? The way that the information but do you really care not. if it's your data it's safely stored away you know if you didn't you would have you know one of those uh, systems that you see on the back i have one of those synology drives you know you got your own private storage you could have that um but you know it's you're paying for resiliency right i mean my systems could go down you know it could you could be hit with a, a lightning strike and that could things that could smoke but I don't think an Amazon data center is going to smoke that easily. And if they do, they have proper, you know, backup systems and, and uh, you know, uh, high availability systems in place. So you're paying for high availability, high resilience to your data. But I, you know, again, that's my point of view. But I, I am more concerned about something that is 
really not that 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 much in your control and that is data privacy confidentiality you know um what guarantee do you have that your that your data is secure and and people are not tracking you from a privacy perspective are they recording things that you don't want uh you know your vendor or your 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 uh your provider service provider is is or shouldn't be recording right <clears throat> and how can i trust like every now every other day you know you have uh, an enterprise coming out and saying hey sorry guys we lost your data don't worry we'll pay for one year of your uh, your insurance policy so that you wouldn't lose this data again but who cares it's already out there you know my credit card number my social security my birth birthday uh, birth date all of this is out there what are you going to protect now you know so so my point is you know, that was a one-time deal. Don't it's a worry yeah. It. Don't if worry about a, it until the other guy it. does it's it. Not, it's not yeah. Uh, <laughs> but but I think you're, you're you're you know we we've we tend to to walk away from the importance of this data and and how very cavalier or very loosely yeah. we put the trust and faith into very minimal or very few. That all it takes is a few you know, direct, you know, attacks on on certain infrastructure to really affect the masses in a way that people really don't, you know, to be honest, may not even know, mm-hmm. right? There's a lot of things that might be happening that we may not even know, right? right? Because it's outside of our, our purview. We don't we know. Don't see we it. just don't know, right? We don't as know. Long, what's, yeah. As long as the power comes up and I can access it, yeah. everything seems fine. So yeah. both of us can argue. I mean, we know SaaS very well. You know, we've been in the industry, many industries, right? We know and understand this. And we could easily place arguments that a SaaS is more secure than somebody maintaining uh, you know, a, a, a shaky data center with shaky security, both physical and network-based, right? You could easily argue you know, a, a cloud-based system could be more secure. But like you said, you don't know their security. They just tell you that they're secure, right? You're just trusting them for their word, right? Until they prove otherwise. Even the best of brands prove you otherwise, right? So, so, so with that being said, you know, as you develop, as, as, as people start developing SaaS types of applications, mm-hmm. do they lose credibility when their reliability of their software is not available? It's not robust. It's the latency is tough. I can't access things fast enough. It's going mm-hmm. slow. Absolutely. I keep getting... So, so when we when we think about that, SaaS models in a way, they're incentivized to to be, you know, it pays to be sticky, to be valuable, to be liked, and to mm-hmm. be useful and to have value. Because once you're in that, once you're in that ecosystem of that value, it's hard for people to say, "Hey, where's the better alternative that I need?" Right? Yeah. And um, in the past, it wasn't easy, as easy to to turn things off and turn things off to try different uh, styles of applications. You had to buy one and just own it. You, you upfront cost. I'm using this for the next mm-hmm. two years, or three years, or whatever, and that's that is that is what it is. And then maybe in three or four years when it's time, when I feel the value that I've gotten the value out of the applications, yeah. I may switch or may not switch or get that upgrade. 
And uh, that's not the case anymore, right? So I think in a way, it, it provides a unique opportunity for the consumer mm -hmm. in that they're able to try and buy, try and buy, and really figure out what they want. But on the other hand, once you get on the bus, you're on the bus. That's right. And you're almost can't you're almost get off easily. In, once you're in, that's it. Stay in it. Stay in it, right? So that but brings again, up. A, but, but, it, yeah. but, it, but it comes down to what we talked about a couple of episodes as well. Agile, making things better, fast, quicker, sprints. Everyone's trying to keep mm -hmm. the customer on the, on, the, on the train or in the bus. Mm -hmm. and the only way you keep them on the bus is constantly upgrading and give them some nice new features and listening to them and learning and keep getting it better, right? And in a sense, that keeps you know, the companies that are running these organizations at bay. I mean, really to, to, to please the customer, it doesn't stop. It's an ongoing. Uh, you know, that's that's a big value for the for the uh, users, right? I mean, yeah. you have them on the hook to continuously make you happy. I mean, that's definitely a value. But on the, on the flip side, you br briefly mentioned this. What if you chose another solution that is better for you? Not because you're unhappy with the current provider. This company is taking technology leaps all the time, right? Somebody comes up with a better phone. How do I go from this phone to that other phone? They have a completely different platform. So where is the data mobility? How do I transfer my data? And can I do that with ease? Now, it's your data. Everybody will tell you that. It's your data. You can run with it. You can do whatever you want. But how easy, how mobile is that data to take from one platform to another, right? The other piece of it is is the integration. Back in the day when you had an on-premise application, most likely, you know, the companies themselves maintained that integration. They owned it because you can't have any particular company own an integration between two different software products. It's the nature of integrations, right? You know, it's, it's always somebody pointing the fingers at the other, right? But when it comes to SaaS and, you know, the integration is based on you know, RESTful APIs, how easy is the integration and how, you know, how complex does it get as one company starts to upgrade on a frequent basis, like you said, agile methodology in play, and they're moving at a fast pace and another company is not. You're not in control, right? Yeah, at some point you're not, right? And, and and this is where that stickiness starts to come in and benefits and features and differentiation across different uh, competitive landscapes is, you know, if you want to take market share, right? If you want to take market share from your competitors, you have to make things easy for them to switch, right? It's got to mm -hmm. be painless, right? The pain has got to be greater to be with the current customer versus the switch, right? The switching pain. Um, or, you know, the, 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 the benefits are just too good that I, re I would go over and sacrifice the pain just to get to the other side. Cause I know it's going to be so awesome, even though it's going to be hard to get over, mm -hmm. it's going to be tough to get my data, as you mentioned, maybe migrate, do, do all sorts of things. Right. And I think those are the questions that, you know, I think in the future, people are going to have to really understand because and question we'll start, yeah in question because 
SaaS models for everything. It, it used to just be for one software application, but now it's in every app, it's in everything you touch, it's in all the intricacies of what you're trying to do, and how are all these silos of applications or SaaS programs going to integrate with themselves to help you in your overall world? And even and worse, you, how do you manage all of these SaaS applications yeah. and subscriptions? Think about all you your know? passwords. Yeah. Just think about all your passwords for all the things you have to log into these days. I mean, if you think about 10 years ago, 15 years ago, about the number of logins and passwords that you had versus today, how much has that grown? It's grown by the numbers, right? Which is probably why companies like Okta is flying high with valuations. It's a, another piece, right? Yeah. That's a, it's, and, and you'd see this, this driven obviously by, by money, right? These are, this is what we've talked about in the beginning is, is a lot of these growth companies love to see that annual recurring revenue. They love to see the stickiness. They love to see you growing logos. They love to see you address that total addressable market and go after it and see that it's big because to them, it's all about financials. So that's a question that I have for you. Maybe that's the last one that we hit before we wrap up. You know, we start, you know, we, I guess 10 years ago, the valuation of software companies, you know, were in the multiples of three to five, then it started growing up to four to seven, and then start to further climb up, you know, and now it is anywhere from 10x to 20x or even higher than that in some cases, right? Is that mm -hmm. a bubble? Is that a craze that people are after software companies that that you know that are now starting to look overvalued, or is it just reality? Because that's the future. Well, I think it's the flavor, it's it's the rise. But as you start to see more and more players come in, the valuations across everything will start to to show itself, right? I mean, you can think about just the big <coughs> tech names themselves, right? You look at you know, some of the FANG stocks, right? You got what, you know, Facebook, Amazon, Netflix, um, Google, you know, you name it. You know, all of these are SaaS yeah. models, right? But they're also in different categories. You uh -huh. have a media company. Yeah. You have a discretionary spending. You have uh, an advertising and search engine. You have... Uh, a social media company uh, they're all in different categories but Absolutely. they're all SaaS growth and they're looked at as technology they're almost almost blindly looked at as a technology stock but they're really not technology stocks they're just behave like them because they have this type of SaaS model or annual recurring revenue model the stickiness of or it. hardware as a service model yeah, yeah. yeah. you know and, and and so you're starting to see this trend kind of come up is can you keep them on the track and how long can you keep that, that customer, that total lifetime of that customer? So the and attraction is more towards the commercial model rather than just I think, I the think, initial concept that we talked about. I think the commercial model and the investment is, is pouring into that type of modeling. Which You'll have guarantees of, you revenue for the foreseeable future. Give, it yeah. gives you the startup money. And unfortunately, what you'll start to see is companies that will will just look at starting software and not really starting to develop what's really valuable for the you know the company they'll 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 start with the software first and try to get that seed money and then eventually grow into what their really core uh, value is sometimes you'll find 
Um, I don't know who was it that mentioned that, you know, they developed a very cool hardware technology, but they weren't getting into any investment because people didn't see that they had a an annual recurring strategy yeah, on, yeah. Their, on, their, on, their, on their tickets yeah. to, to throw the money in. He says, no, this is our, this is our, our investment strategy. Add some sort of see. software on top of it, put a subscription model. Now you're suddenly three to five, comes the 10 to here 20 come, times here comes the money. Here comes the money. Yeah. Absolutely. So, so you start to get that type of thinking, and all of a sudden you start getting the same type of modeling, product development, even software development, and and to some extent you might even think that it might hinder innovation in certain ways because everyone's thinking about the, the commercial model first versus the what are we actually trying to to uh, develop and deliver for customers, right? But in so, investors are looking for that steady stream of revenue that they can, you know, they can keep track of. And, and if there is any sort of drop in, you know, your customer base, you can, ch you know, you can check their churn rate and you can see, you know, are people really staying on? And, and it's, it's, it's pretty clearly visible, right? It's, it's not relying on multi-million dollar deals that come and go. And you have this up and down versus, you know, a hockey stick that they're looking for, right? A very stable. Well, it's the fast. Growth rate. It's the fast hyper growth, the quick buck, as they say. You're in, and you're out. I have ten deals. One of them will make it, and that's all I need. Yeah, and at early stage, that works great. But you know where that doesn't work is, you know, go through that early stage, and then you have, you know, you you launch, you have all the the public investors get a early look at that stock, right, and then it comes to the 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 public when it's it's publicly traded. And that's when they really either wither away or, or they take off, right? And it's, it, <laughs> and really, I mean, yes, you're right. 10 out of 100 might become a Slack or a Zoom, right? And there's many that just wither away with, with public's money. That's yeah. the reality, right? And that's the game we play, and round and round we go, and that's the game that's played right now. Absolutely. And then, you know, in 10 years, we'll be talking about a different type of game that's being played. Right. And uh, this is what it's all about. Right. And this is where we are today. And this yeah. is what we see. And um, that's the whole topic. Right. And yeah. how long do we have before we see a different type of model? Right. Hey, it always changes. Right. When you get comfortable. Absolutely. Yeah. Always transforming. Right. Doesn't matter what. Just keep transforming because that's what makes money. Right. Right. So we're at uh, seven. 26 i think we should wrap up right and absolutely uh, we'd like to thank everybody for uh, joining um if you get a chance you can send your comments uh on facebook you can visit us on uh, our website uh, digital twin uh, and uh we love your feedback and thanks for uh listening and uh stay tuned for next week now hit subscribe talk to you soon